Three days until Christmas. How do you wait for it? Like a little kid with no patience, asking daily if she can open her presents. Every day she opens a door on her Advent calendar, or every day she watches uh, an Advent candle be lit on her wreath. One day closer to Giftsmas. She looks at her presents, she shakes the presents, she begs to open the presents, and whines when she can't open the presents. Mom wants it to be Christmas too, but for a different reason. Stress. Gotta write a letter about how awesome my life is and mail it to everyone I ever met. Gotta bake all the cookies, gotta buy all the presents, gotta wrap all the presents, gotta exchange all the presents, gotta return all the presents. Oh, why can't it be Christmas today? So it's all over. Mom and daughter share the same problem. The little girl rejoices for the wrong reasons. She's focused on her gifts and what it means for her and not on the giver. Mom doesn't rejoice at all because she's lost sight of Jesus too. God doesn't want that. He wants us to rejoice as we wait for Christmas with the right focus for the right reasons. Rejoice in the Lord always. We always have a reason to rejoice. Now I know what you're thinking. No, we don't. When life gets tough, when life gets painful, when life gets difficult, I don't rejoice. And that may be the case. But the rejoicing God tells us about is not simply an emotion. You have a source of joy that is not connected in any way to what is going on in your life. And it has nothing to do with whatever you might be feeling at a particular moment. Think of Paul himself, who wrote this letter to the Philippians. Paul was given a thorn in his flesh, which he says he prayed about for the Lord to take away from him many times. And he said that he had a, he had a constant pain within. Do you ever feel inwardly sick? about worrying so much about something? So did Paul. He suffered so much from the assaults of the devil trying to make him despair in the midst of suffering that Paul complained, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Many Christians think that to be a Christian means to always be happy, especially at this time of year. And so if and when trials come upon them, their reaction is fight or flight. Like your reaction when you walk into a room barefoot and you step on a Lego. Ouch, this isn't right. And immediately they think, this isn't God's plan for my life. It mustn't be. God wants me to be happy. Either I must have done something that's to make God angry, or more likely, God is doing something wrong. This is a mistake. God got the, the coordinates wrong. This, this Lego brick of suffering was meant to be placed over there in front of that person. This can't happen to me. I, I should be happy because I'm, I'm a good Christian. 
But God never said, be happy always. Rather, rejoice in the Lord always. See, biblical Christianity admits that life is not perfect, nor will it ever be. And it also acknowledges that life will not always be happy. And so you don't always have to try to be happy. Because you won't be. And that's okay. It's okay to be sad when a loved one dies. It's okay to hate problems in a family or in a marriage. It's okay to be afraid when you lose a job. It's okay to feel burnt out. But when all these things happen, when we're sad, when we're angry, when we're afraid, God tells us that we don't need to rejoice for them or because of them, but rejoice in them. Rejoice in them. And why? The Lord is near. And because He is near, we have someone who will hear us, who will suffer with us, and who will save us. So Paul also says, do not worry about anything because the Lord is near. Just think of how counterintuitive this is because for us, as, as deadlines approach, as, as schoolwork is due, as payments come near, as everything we have to do comes closer, we get more and more anxious. But Paul says, the Lord is near. And not only do we rejoice, but our worry fades away. You know, we, we say to someone when life gets difficult, well, well, try to be positive, try to look on the bright side, try to be happy. It'll be okay probably someday. But Paul says, do not worry about anything. The Lord is near. This is the most beautiful message that Advent points us to and that Christmas reminds us of. Jesus was born to be near us. God wasn't content to stay far away from us in heaven, but to come near us, to be with us, to join us in our problems. God wanted to come down to us in our problems, in our sorrow, in our pain, in our suffering, in our death. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus experienced all of that. He suffered every problem that you and I ever have or ever will, even death. But then he rose. He ascended. And he promised that he will come again. And until he does, he isn't far away. He's near. He's so close, in fact, that he hears you when you pray, even if that prayer is silent. Prayer is the antidote to worry. Because worry happens when you think you have to take on your whole family's problems, your whole life's problems, your whole church's problems, your whole country's problems, your whole world's problems, all on yourself because no one else can or will do it. But prayer means that there is someone else who will bear your load because he already bore the cross. God promises to hear us, and so he invites us in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. If you struggle with worry and wondering how everything is going to turn out, begin by turning to God in prayer. 
God never gets tired of hearing from us, hearing our prayer. And so pray continually. Pray while you're driving. Pray while you're waiting for that internet page to load. Pray while you're wrapping presents. Never stop praying for that friend who doesn't believe in Jesus. Never stop praying for that child who doesn't want to come to church. Never stop praying for whatever concerns you. And then rejoice because no one can take prayer away from you. And give thanks because your concerns are not yours to bear only any longer, but the Lord's. The Lord is near. Everything hinges on the fact that the Lord is near. He's near in His Word, near in prayer, near in suffering, near in death, near in the judgment. And with whatever meaning we take that phrase, the Lord is near, this fact will always be, be able to open our ears and let us believe what Paul says before and after, what it means to rejoice and what it means to not worry and cast all our anxiety on Jesus. Because when life seems to be raining down problem upon problem up upon you, God will rain down the righteous one, Jesus. You remember what the angels told the terrified shepherds who were so afraid, inwardly afraid even? I bring you good news of great joy. You have a Savior born for you, Christ the Lord. You always have Jesus. You always have forgiveness. You always have heaven. The Lord is near. And because the Lord is near, you always have peace. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As crazy as it is to believe that we can rejoice in trials and not worry about anything, it's even crazier to believe that we have peace with God. But we do. The angels that night in Bethlehem also sang to the shepherds, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. Have you ever considered that even the angels didn't understand this peace? God's peace surpasses all understanding, even the angels. St. Peter records that, that even angels marvel at the ways that God shows his peace and his goodwill to man. They look into it and they try to figure it out, but they cannot understand God's peace. They cannot understand how God, who is above all of creation, would be born into creation, a creation that is groaning and sinful and corrupt. And how God, who is above the law and not subject to any of it, would be born under the law, become subject to the law, and then be judged by unrighteous sinners as guilty of breaking it. And how God, who cannot die, chooses to become man in order to die. And how God, who is safe far away on his throne in heaven, would come to a manger and a cross. And not only that, which all happened in the past, but that God still comes near today. He inserts himself 
in the most humble means. He brings heaven to earth in Oregon tap water, in a wafer of bread and a cup of wine, and in the Word. And all of this to bring you peace, to bring you joy, and to relieve your suffering. He rains down righteousness straight to you. Angels cannot understand this. They cannot understand God's surpassing love for you and me. This peace, this peace of God, not just a, a baby born cute in a manger, but God becoming your brother, stooping down to the same level as you and me, bearing our burdens, hearing our prayers, feeling our pain, being with us in our distress and our darkness, and knowing what it is like to be a human living in a sinful, corrupt world, and then saving us from sin and everything evil. That is the only thing that can bring true, lasting joy and comfort. Because the Lord is near. We can rejoice always and in everything. And this peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen.